Welcome to episode two of the Achieve Mentors podcast, a show for fitness coaches and aspiring personal trainers. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing what we would have done differently looking back as personal trainers, transitioning from personal training in a gym to training in people's homes, and why big box gyms want their members to not show up and how we take the opposite approach at Achieve Fitness. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. All right. Episode two, huge milestone. Woohoo! Huge. <laughs> <laughs> two, well, 22 is my favorite number, so two obviously is a close second. There we go. Nice. So it's going to be a great one. Fun fact, Lauren only likes even numbers. She hates 50% of numbers. Yeah. Not very inclusive <laughs> towards odd numbers. <laughs> well, I can usually make a case for some odd numbers, though. So like 11, for instance, is a pretty gross number in terms of like, it's very odd. It's one of my favorite numbers. It is Jason's favorite number. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, well, it's 22 divided by 2. So actually, it's almost like an even number. <laughs> and anybody who's into math, just you just don't want to listen to anything I have to say about numbers because I'm horrible at math. But I'm really good at finding silver linings. And yeah. that's how I get around some of these numbers. So when I was 31, which was last year, I was like really struggling 31 just like I couldn't even come up with a way to make that a better number except for like three plus one equals four so like that was my closest attempt but now I'm 32 and I'm like I can I can do 32 yeah, I like it yeah. I like it better yeah you love the number two I think that's I the just big thing. really like the number yeah. two you like 12 um because it doesn't say two, two in it yeah it's okay yeah <laughs> not my favorite but whatever all right anyway we have three really good questions today um that we think we're gonna really help with uh, those of you who are coaches or aspiring to be coaches, so very excited. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The first one is from Sandy Platano, and he said, looking back, what would you have done differently in your career as a personal trainer? This is such a good question. This is a good one. Um, you know, this, this is a big one. I, I, yeah. You know, the, the, you know, first of all, I think I really want to trade much else because I mean we're we shaped be where we are yeah we're shaped by the experiences that we've had and you know whether it's a bad experience or a negative experience or a positive one and a really you know influential one like they all have shaped us to be where we are now so I don't, I don't know if I would go back and change anything yeah, it's like those movies where it's like if you go back in time and change one thing the course of history changes like <laughs> it's true though it is true and yeah. I was thinking the same thing when I was reading this question I was like man if the question was, what experiences did you have that weren't great as a personal trainer, we could come up with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still wouldn't trade them because, or I still wouldn't change them because we, by a lot of the negative experiences that we did have, we were able to come up with basically what we're doing, our mission yeah. today, which is to to change a little bit of what is going on in the industry and to make it a more inclusive and positive place. And we did have some negative experiences with other coaches bringing us down or owners of gyms bringing us down and telling us, you know, that we weren't going anywhere and that, you know, yeah. those kind of experiences were terrible, but they really did shape what we're doing right now. And so, yeah, we wouldn't change them, but they weren't great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the reason why we're so all in on our culture, our community, attitude, fitness, and the reason why we're pushing our mission <laughs> so hard to make things positive and inclusive is that we've had experiences where we've experienced the exact opposite. We've experienced uh, exclusivity and elitism and negativity and passive aggressiveness and toxic work environments that we wanted to really totally shift that all around because it's just, we, we knew that it wasn't helping anyone. It was right. just a negative situation. And so, um, but yeah, exactly. That, that that's the reason why we're so into it now, and I, I think that message is resonating with people. So, you know, we definitely want to change any of that, actually. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I wish looking back, we had maybe a little bit more mentorship or a little bit more, I mean, we gained a lot of mentorship, but it was all about technical information. It was mm. all about, hey, if you see this during a squat, like this is what you should consider. And like, it was more about that side of things, but I wish we had a little bit more of almost like guidance or career guidance or something along those lines where someone really kind of like took us under their wing and was like, hey, this is what's possible for you um, moving forward. Because, you know, <clears throat> you know uh, like we just all have so many like self-limiting beliefs, right? right? Like it's like we, we can never do that or we have imposter syndrome or we have insecurities that hold us back. And if someone, what, we came along with someone that was a little bit earlier along the way that perhaps um, told us that we had just a lot more opportunities to do more, um, kind of like what we believe now, um, I think we could have even accelerated our process that way. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think there's not a lot of that in this industry of people being like, look at all the possibilities that you have with this career. It's It becomes a lot of the um, like quote unquote gurus or like even not just gurus, but like the experts in the field who really yeah. are experts in what they do. They're still very niched in like the realm that they're in within this industry. So like they're the shoulder guy or they're the kettlebell yeah. girl or they're, you know, like, so they have these niches and they're really, really amazing at what they do. And that's awesome. But those tend to be the people that we gravitate toward as mentors. But sometimes we forget that there's just this whole bigger world outside of our world. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that's the big thing is that we got for a little while, our biggest aspirations were to like be the, the best coach like in the perspective of other coaches like to have other coaches respect us as coaches yeah but now it's like no we just want to make the biggest impact on the most amount of people right. and we don't really necessarily care what other coaches think about <laughs> us anymore. i mean we do obviously we want to be respected in terms of like we want people to think we're we're good human beings yeah um and that we have good values and that we care about what we're doing and we do and we also do care about the technical side of things a lot um, but nobody really gave us that permission to think bigger than the industry. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to like go back and amend my statement a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that anyone was not giving us right. advice. We just right. weren't looking for it. We yeah. didn't hold that up on a pedestal. We held the training information up on a pedestal. Right. We thought that was the means to you know unlock greater success and whatnot. And obviously, it had a very big impact on us and in our kind of like what we're doing right now. But um, I. I wish we had known earlier that mindset and just overall belief in oneself and thinking outside the box uh, played a bigger picture than just technical information, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. So it's not a mind-blowing, like, big statement of, yeah. like, man, I wish I had done this. Um, and so I think if you're listening and you're earlier on in your career, like, don't worry about little things that might not seem perfect and use every – take up – the opportunity to always say like, how can this help me grow as a professional, as a human? Um, even if it's not the greatest situation, if you can step back and say like, I know that in five, this is something Jason actually really helped me see because I'm a very sensitive person and I take things personally. I've been working on it. <laughs> um, but it's very hard for me to separate like a bad experience from like me feeling like I did something wrong or it was a, my self-worth is kind of like wrapped up in it. And so Jason always says, 
like we'll laugh about this in a few years and or we'll look back on that not even just laugh but we'll look back on this in a few years and be really grateful that this experience happened and that really helped me shift my mindset into saying like it sucks when bad things happen and it's okay to say like this sucks yeah. <laughs> like this was a horrible situation i didn't like this this wasn't fun for me but if you can also separate yourself from it for a second and just say in five years i'm gonna look back and say this was one of the greatest things that happened because it pushed me forward. It made me make a new, new decision. It made me go a different direction that now has put me where I'm at. Um, then you, it helps you get over some of those bad situations a little bit faster and it helps you move on and, and see the bigger picture. Yeah. So. This is one of the reasons why we created the Achieve Mentors platform in the first place because we know that personal training, it's it's just, it's a tough field. It's, it's very demanding. It's very lonely. It's very isolating. And you can often feel like you're the only one experiencing these feelings when in reality, everyone is having the same exact feelings yeah. of insecurities and imposter syndrome and all these other things. And, it, and probably even on a greater scale because of like Instagram and fitness and how just like overly visual it is. And so you just have like these like hidden self doubts and fears and beliefs about yourself that aren't true. And the more that we interact with other personal trainers and coaches, the more we realize that literally everyone has it. And the more we talk to them about it, the more we realize that it's holding them back. And so we just want to make sure that we first of all validate that they're not alone in this, but we want to, we want to reassure them that it's not a bad thing and that everyone goes through it and that they're going to be so much better on it on the other side and that they shouldn't be limiting themselves because they have so much more potential and that they're doing so much better than they even realize. And just by acknowledging that, I think can really access a lot more potential for future growth because you're no longer looking back and dwelling and being negative and being resentful, but now you're looking at how can I improve my situation even further and now you have so much more confidence, so much more empowerment to go and do things that you were meant to do. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. So question number two, we're going to move on, is from one of our Achieve Mentors members, Shauna. And she said, I would really love to eventually transition from training in a gym to being a mobile PT. Anyone have any advice on how to start working toward that? So, and there are a couple sub questions I think you said, right? Too. Yeah. So uh, I didn't realize, but a mobile PT is someone that purely goes around um, driving to people's homes and training them in their homes. Right. Um, and yeah, she had a couple of uh, additional comments that she said, um, I want to figure out ways what I would need to do as far as a business license, insurance, um, equipment. Um, right now she works part-time at a 24-hour gym, so it's not a bad situation. But she's also thinking about the future and potentially doing part-time uh, being a mobile PT. So um, she, I think she just wants to know generally where to start. And so in terms of like a business license, I think all you need to do is go to LegalZoom.com. And that will just help you to set up an LLC that will set you up with a, your own personal business. It's you, really simple. I've done one before for like a partnership that I did years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was really, really, really was easy. It, was it pretty cheap? Yes. Uh, I mean, like nothing, nothing's cheap, but I think a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think that's going to be pretty worthwhile. Um, you want to get that because that's going to help you set up just your overall bank account, your credit cards, your just all the other financial things that come along with running a business. You're going to have to have certain information and certain articles of like incorporation or an LLC to point to that allow you to even have those financial accounts in the first place. Right. So you definitely want to set up an LLC of some sort. Um, you know, it never hurts to see an accountant, but um, LegalZoom, like if we were really like scrapping and just trying to make sure that we just did it the, lo the lowest cost possible that's what we would do mm -hmm. um, as far as insurance goes um, I would I would just 
Google it actually, and just go with uh, the cheapest option that seems to afford out. Uh, that seems to give you outside coverage. Um, I, I think like NASM has it, and it's like pretty pretty affordable. So just go through any sort of liability insurance that covers you for outside of a gym setting. Um, and yeah, it seems like she has some equipment thus far. But you know, if we were traveling around, we would go kettlebells pretty much only, except for maybe a TRX. Yeah, Probably, right? I would definitely do a TRX. Um, although, I mean, it does depend on if your people have... Well, you, you can put them in a doorway. I yeah, think everyone has door at least one yeah. doorway in their house. <laughs> <laughs> um, TRX bands, I would say bands are going to be helpful too. Yeah. Um, but pr- predominantly kettlebells. Yeah. Um, there also could be some benefit to getting one of those, um, the dumbbells that have the... Oh, the power blocks. Power blocks, yeah, yeah. Because you can have just one set. So it's like just... They're, they're really clunky. They're like big squares. Yeah. Um, but you can take them anywhere from five pounds to like 50 pounds, depending on just like the setting that you put them on. Uh-huh. So at least it's just a smaller way of traveling with more weight yeah. and more variability. Yeah. It's a little bit clunky, but it's convenient. So, yeah. you know, I think convenience when you're traveling so much uh, outweighs the cons there. Yeah. Um, now, as far as just starting up, um, I do think it would be helpful to have a just a very simple, clean website up in terms of like signing up on Wix.com or Squarespace.com, something that's gonna be pretty cheap and just pretty simple. And just you just need to have some sort of home base that people can point to because if you don't have an actual, if you're not actually at like a brick and mortar place, then people just can't discover you otherwise. So you need to have that at least set in stone first, just have a simple, page that kind of explains who you are and what your mission is and kind of outlines a little bit of your expertise. I think that's important to have. Would Definitely. you say that? Yep. Yep. And the, the cleaner you can make it, like not a ton of words, <laughs> yeah. more pictures and just maybe a, like a testimonial or two that are quick, not like nobody's going to read a long paragraph, but a yeah. couple people you've trained who just say a couple quick words about you um, just to show, just give you a little bit of credibility. Yeah. yeah. And going along with uh, some of the comments that she made, she said that, um, some of her clients, or most of her clients actually, don't actually go to the gym outside of her training sessions. And in fact, someone actually said that they weren't gonna renew their gym membership, but they wanted to know if she would actually come <clears throat> to their house to train them at their home because they realized that it wasn't convenient for them to go to the gym. And so I think this is just kind of how it starts. You just need to start off with that and you can say, hey, you're paying, I don't know, $75 a session right now. I can train you in home for, $55 a session or something. You, you have to start out lower in cost because you want, because you don't, you basically are trying to build this thing up from the ground up. So you have to start off lower in cost. However, more than likely, the gym is taking more than $20 or so from each training session. So it'll at least, you know, kind of mitigate that sort of lower cost that you're um, exhibiting at first, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, there is some appeal. People do think, like, oh, well, if I go off on my own, I get 100% of the, um, the session as opposed uh, to like yeah. my, my gym takes 50% of, of the session and you start to feel some resentment toward the gym that you're working <laughs> for. Like, wait, they take that much money away. Like what are they doing with that money? And yeah. you can start to convince yourself that you're going to make a lot more money working on your own. Um, but there are a lot of limitations too. Like it's the gym provides you with the people to the pool of people to pull from yep. to train. Whereas you, if you're working on your own, like you have to go out and find those people and you have to market for yourself. You have to sell for yourself. You have to help them renew every time. Um, you obviously have to have your own equipment. So you have to put money toward that. You have to put money toward insurance. So yep. there, it becomes like 
it kind of evens out in terms of how much money you're going to make. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, but if you're if you like the idea of being a little bit more on the go and and making your own schedule and things like that, that is where this is going to be a better option for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, basically just doing that with people that you feel will take you up on that offer. And so reaching out to uh, more and more of your current uh, training base, you're already at Head Start because you already have a client base and just offering them this special deal for you to go in-house and train them that way. Of and, course, with the permission of the gym. Um, yeah, in some cases, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is... Well, it actually, legally, if you have a non-compete, you definitely can't do that. Yeah, so yeah. So if, if you've signed something at the gym that is a non-compete, then... then you can't do that. Yeah. But if, if you haven't, or especially if you're working part-time, usually if you're working part-time at a gym, which I think is what she said, yeah. um, then it's fair game. Mm -hmm. um, but just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. The, the reason why I hesitate a little bit is because, you know, like our, our commercial gym had no qualms about firing us, right? In terms of when we switched over to a personal training studio, that was, uh, that was within 10 miles, I think, of yeah. the facility. And... You know, they, they, they cut us off. We, like, gave them notice and they were Yeah, saying, yeah, we gave them plenty of notice and we told them the plan and then they, they cut us off pretty immediately. So, um, I always err on the side of the person rather than corporation. Yeah. Like a bigger yeah. corporation. Yeah. But I, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to get in trouble. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm a goody two-shoes, yeah. so <laughs> I tend to try to do things by the books. But J Jason's right. I mean, yeah. Um... And then, so yeah, and then that, that momentum just starts to build up and you get more and more people and then they start to tell their friends, they're like, oh my God, this is so great. I don't even have to, have to go to the gym. This person comes to my house and she's so great. It's it's a, such a great session and it's so convenient for me and I have so much more time to play with my kids and all this sort of other stuff. And it just starts to build. And then you ask these people who are having success with the in-home training, you start to ask them for Yelp reviews or Google reviews or whatever seems to be better in your area. And that starts to get into a better situation where you start to show up on search rankings on Google, you start to show up on search rankings in Yelp, and it just starts to build from there. But I think it just has to start with just a lot of word of mouth and a lot of I think price is a very big incentive for people. So I think that's, that is where yeah. you want to start. You, you have to be, you have to compete with what the average cost of a personal training session is in your area and go a little under Yeah, at the beginning Yeah, yeah. Even until if, you build that reputation. Yeah. Even if they're paying you a certain amount currently, I, th I think it is a tough barrier to be like, okay, I'm going to take less from a person who's actually been paying more. But because you are starting off on this new thing and you want it to grow into a, you know, a bigger entity, um, I think that's, that's definitely the way to go. I mean, we yeah. had people that were training twice a week, one-on-one -on -one personal training. So they were spending 800 bucks a month and our founders are paying 199 because we knew that the greater picture was to have people in a semi-private setting and build this facility that was, you know, awesome and as amazing as we could make it out to be. Yeah, so, so it was like a no-brainer for them. They were yeah. like, how, like, what? <laughs> like, of course we'll go over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just kind of like grassroots building up, and I think that's probably our main advice. Yeah, it's definitely, else. no, that's exactly what I would say, is just give your founding people, like, a really good deal, um, because they're going to be the ones who talk about you, and they're going to be the ones who really make this a reality for you. So yeah. give them a good deal. Um and then oh, yeah, reward I, referrals. Like, yes, that's like a, very, very. Oh, were you gonna say that? That's literally the next thing I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can go with that. <laughs> yeah. So the the best thing that you can get from current people is referrals, and that's gonna be those are gonna be the most like, um, 
kind of like if you put out an ad on Facebook, there's going to be a lot of people who see it and maybe one or two will respond. But if one of your clients tells their best friend about this awesome personal trainer that they have, like that's going to be like usually a hundred percent turnover rate. Right. <laughs> so they the referrals are huge and you really want to let your clients know how much you appreciate it. So something that we've done is we give out instead of doing like here's a hundred bucks for a referral, which seems like they would really appreciate that because it's the value feels higher. Um, we actually give t-shirts with their last name and their favorite number on the back that say achiever on the front. Yeah. Um, so you can have it just be like, I mean, you can have it be whatever you want, but something that's really personalized to that individual, even though that only costs us like 20 bucks as opposed to a hundred dollars, yeah. they feel so much more valued and they feel like, oh, wow, you did something really special for me. So give them something personalized to just show your appreciation. Um, they'll probably post it on Facebook. And, yeah. you know, like, they'll just kind of tell their friends, like, oh, my gosh, not only is this person an awesome trainer, but they just made me this shirt for yeah. <laughs> giving them a <laughs> referral. And they're just so special. And they really care about me. And they care about their clients. And the more you can do that, the, the greater community you're going to build. Yeah. And actually, speaking of Facebook, I would set up a Facebook um, group, just a free Facebook group. Um, that your current clients can actually connect with each other. So the difficult part about being a mobile PT is being able to still create a sense of community within your own clients because that's going to help further propel your mission and your it's just going to empower you even more. So one way you can kind of like go around that is doing it virtually. So setting up a private Facebook group and again, making sure you set up these kind of ground rules that are important to you and your core values and uh, basically letting them know that they, they have access to you within the Facebook group, so they so you're bringing them value, and then suddenly they start talking amongst themselves, suddenly they start hanging out with each other, suddenly they start inviting their friends to that specific group, you're like, this personal trainer is so awesome, like she answers all of our questions, and it's amazing, then you start to get them as clients, and it just, again, it just keeps gain, gaining momentum as long as you just start taking action. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. And then our third question is from Sean, who is also part of the Achieve Mentors group. Um, and he said, is it ever too early to start asking questions about business? I'm a long way away from setting my own, setting up my own, but I'm already thinking about what it's going to look like and have started to think of some questions to ask. So my first question is, is it true that commercial box gyms can only survive if most of their paying members don't show up? I read that and I remember from Jason and Lauren's podcast that they help members set up process-oriented goals based on consistency, etc., making a goal to come to the gym X number of times per week. And I wondered if that's true, how do you make the revenue to keep the place running? Not trying to steal business secrets, but I too have a vision of actually helping each and every member succeed, not depending on people to fail in order for me to succeed. It is never too early to start asking questions about your future plans. And yeah. it seems like you've had this vision in your mind for a long time. And so I think it's actually really smart to start to shape what your, you know, your dreams and aspirations are and just have a greater understanding of that. So it's definitely never too early to start thinking about that. And again, this points back to the first point that we made of, it seems so far out of reach that, and it becomes further, more further out of reach, the more you start to think about it. But we want to make sure that you know that it's very much in reach as long as you take the right steps and you just kind of like allocate the right amount of time for yourself to make sure that you execute on those steps, yep. execute on those steps. Um, <laughs> so in terms of the first question, is it true that big box conventional gyms want people to not show up? It is true um, um, yeah. for the most part, yeah, definitely. Um, especially the really low cost ones. So like a Planet Fitness or like Workout World or the ones where it's $10 a month. They're yeah. really, really hoping that people sign up for that $10 a month and don't show up because if everyone showed up, 
that that they signed up, they would be way over capacity Definitely. for their facility. So they they actually keep track of the people who aren't showing up to then decide if they can open up more membership spots. Yeah, I mean, if if you really think about it, like any of these like bigger places that have like a management staff and they have just to pay the rent in like a high profile area and to keep the lights on and utilities and the cleaning crew, like locker rooms and repairs and all this stuff. Like you have to imagine that they're the costs of each month is like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. It's like, it's, it's a high cost. And to have a $10 a month membership, you're going to have to have, let me, what was it? It's 10,000 members. Yeah, 10,000 members just to cover your costs. And obviously you can't have thousands and thousands of people in your gym. So they're hoping that people don't show up, um, which is crazy, but it's a nature of their business model. It's the only way that that model works. It's the only way that they can charge $10 a month. Yeah, Yeah. and so, you know, we charge for our, um, the minimum that we charge is our group membership, which is $179 a month. And our training membership is $299 a month. And like just... Such a great cost just goes into the cost of running the business itself. Mm-hmm. Um, a great, like profitable gym is twenty percent, and that's just like that's just very insignificant compared to other areas of businesses where like a tech product or a some other sort of like scalable like apparel. A, or, yeah, 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 exactly. Or products and stuff like that. A service based business is just very uh, difficult to. Um, gain a lot of like margins from and so um our prices have to be to have to reflect that basically right so so yeah number one your prices just have to be higher that's yeah. like the only way that you can survive as a small business who really that really does care about every single person who walks in your door and wants every single person to show up your prices have to be higher and you hopefully and and we believe that we do you continue to prove to people who are paying it that it's worth it um, and that's really then yeah. that becomes your mission is to like prove that this two ninety nine is not going to waste, right? Uh, yeah. Whereas most people's ten dollar a month membership is going to waste. They're yeah. throwing that money away because they're not going. And so for us, we're like, yeah, it's two ninety nine a month, but you get first of all just the the things that you get are a personal training session in a semi private setting every single week, access unlimited access to all of our group classes, unlimited access to use the gym on your own, um, unlimited access to coaches who are on the floor if you have questions or need guidance, a community of like-minded people who are supportive and encouraging. So just laying that out right there, they're like, well, that's a lot more than I would get if I just signed up for Planet Fitness, right? Like if you sign up for Planet Fitness for $10 a month, you just get equipment. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally all you get. You get no guidance. You don't get any coaching. You don't get any support. So right away, that's a huge value add. And then... Can, then so that's what they get like what you can tell them at the sale right like to convince them for that first month but then to convince them to stay you do need to continue to take other measures and so for us checking in on people like we have our every one of our members is assigned to a different coach or coaches are assigned to members to check in on them quarterly to make sure that they are asking them about new goals or encouraging them to join the triathlon team or to step outside their comfort zone and pushing them forward because these are the things that make people realize that they're paying for this big lifestyle overhaul not equipment not just a membership to a gym yeah um you know a big part of the question is how do you make the revenue to keep the place running and i think the reason for our success has been because we've always focused on 
the client and the member first and what's best for them and then focusing on the revenue because all these other places the, the big box gyms are focusing on the revenue and that's dictating their level of service and their their model basically right. and that's the reason why things are flip-flopped and things are not going as well for them right now so we put all of our emphasis in our culture in our community and how we can better serve our members and how we can do that um in, in the most achieved way possible, and that's yielded greater results for us because we weren't focused on the finances. Um, you know, like we're, we're better at it now in terms of like tracking numbers and stuff like that, but we never let it get in the way of um, our core values. And it's like, we always say like, is this, is this like, is this achieve approved? Is this mm -hmm. achievified? Is this, uh, <laughs> does this go against our core values with any sort of decision that we make? Because again, we never want the finances to dictate what we do. Yeah. And obviously you have to make enough to keep the lights on. Yeah. But outside of that, if you, the, if you start to focus on like, how can I make an extra few dollars here an extra few dollars there, you start to lose that passion and you lose that what actually made this special in the first place yeah um, and the more special your place is the the more revenue you're going to end up bringing in but yeah. you you can't start trying to cut corners to save a few bucks like it just it'll never go the way that you want it to go yeah absolutely um i think that's about it yeah i mean is there anything else we can say in that along that front i don't think so i mean no. i think yeah it's like Every decision that we've made has been about, it's been focused on either making sure that our members are happy or making sure that our staff is happy. Yeah. And so with staff too, like it's a lot of that is about paying them well. And again, that takes away from revenue, yeah. right? Like there's so many decisions that we've made that aren't necessarily the, like if we had a business advisor, they'd probably be like, mm, <laughs> not the best financial decision that you've made. But in the long run, it's made us it's made so much sense and it's yeah. made us more profitable because we now have coaches on board who are so invested in what we're doing and invested in their jobs and they love what they do and they bring so much energy to the place. And it's things like energy and community and these things that don't bring us dollar bills. Like you can't, you can't put a value <laughs> on it, but they create the space that actually allows us to bring in more people and to convince more people to join. And, and so it's very hard sometimes to put a dollar value on some of the things, decisions that we make. And sometimes from an outsider's perspective, they may be like, that's not a smart financial decision, yeah. but they end up being very smart financial decisions because it helps us to push forward and to grow. Yeah. And especially because if we're trying to enhance the experience as much as possible, we want to make sure that whether or not it's just Lauren and I, or we've got a big team of 20 people now, we want the experience to be exactly the same and identical as if when we were first starting out to what, what we are now. And what we what that means is that we need to have a very cohesive team, which means that there can't be a lot of turnover, which means that we need to take care of them financially in order to have the opportunity to even have that conversation in the first place. And so all these things have such a massive indirect benefit but if you start to look at direct correlations of this action equals this amount of money then it becomes too robotic and it's too robotic for a, a business that is purely based on service and customer service right exactly yeah. well cool all right well thank you so much for submitting those questions we really appreciate it we know this is kind of a new format so we're very excited to be doing this and to be working with personal trainers and coaches so if you have any other questions for us, if you're a coach or an aspiring personal trainer, definitely send us questions at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. And 
I haven't I haven't mastered this new outro just like Jason hasn't mastered the new intro. We're very we're very uh you know, we're rusty. We're in our this second episode. episode. <laughs> Slack. Oh All right. So until next time, Peace love and, and muscles. muscles.